thing that Sash and I explored was um, the activity of rice pounding. Now for um, those of our listeners who are uh, not from the east of the world, eastern part of the world, this is a very traditional and a very social activity undertaken by women once the rice harvest has happened. So women plant Uh, rice saplings in the paddy field and then these saplings grow and the rice is harvested and then the rice with the husk is pounded and then the husk is cleared and then you have the rice you have the unpolished rice but the whole aspect of pounding the rice either to clear the husk or to pound the cleared uh, husk cleared rice into uh, coarse powder Both these activities are very social and I remember spending uh, many hours um, in the courtyard in my aunt's house and during my holidays where I watched the women take turns to uh, actually pound the rice on a pestle and mortar. And as they were pounding the rice, one of the other things that they did was uh, to uh, tick off their errant husbands, whether it was somebody being a spendthrift or somebody discreetly ogling or or so he thought discreetly ogling uh, um, other women or if it was uh, somebody who was just lazy and didn't do much around the house to help. So it was that kind of a situation where all the women gathered uh, in the early afternoon post brunch and um, you know uh, they had this lovely sing-song session where they pounded the rice on this heavy iron pestle and mortar and um, it was a fun activity they liked to get together and of course they had differences as well it was always about comparison who had the better sari or who had the better jewelry or who celebrated the festivals better there was always that Uh, but I had the distinct advantage of growing up in two different parts of India so uh, I grew up in Mumbai but I went to Tamil Nadu during my holidays so in Mumbai I listened to the uh, Marathi songs um, and uh, in uh, Tamil Nadu I listened to the Tamil songs and each of this was very very interesting and you sort of absorb the experiences as a child but you don't really actualize them and this whole resonance residency has actually brought all those memories to the front and it has been such a wonderful joyous ride for me um one of the early marathi songs that i heard when i was a child reminds me of a rice pounding song actually it is it is a lady uh, singing her little child to sleep 
but it had such a rhythmic component to it that i was reminded of the song uh, when i was actually composing for this uh, second podcast and the song goes like this vairanitsa deva tula thiningi thiningi vahude abalagat maya tuji amavari labude abalagat maya tuji amavari labude so i think i like that thiningi thiningi vahude it felt to me like uh, the sound of the pestle and the motor so there was some memory of that uh, lingering and of course uh, some beautiful beautiful songs from tamil nadu which we have explored later on in in this podcast which hopefully uh, you will you will enjoy as much as we did and the lovely poem that sasha's return with uh, some colloquial tamil words um, and very enjoyable as well so have a listen and uh, tell us what you think the rice pounding song hey this the second the second song that we second occupation that we look not really an occupation as much as a something that uh, happened in the villages where rice is grown especially uh, in 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 the tamil speaking parts of sri lanka and india uh, rice being the main crop very interesting i f- i found various folk songs i found various things uh, that i could relate to and some really sweet nostalgic memories because i remembered the times that i would uh, visit my aunties and sit around while they um, you know used the pounding stone and pestle and motor really a big version of it jointly between them to actually pound various things not only rice but other things as well so it was really good um, uh, good moments for you know in our residency to visit some of those memories and think about all those melodies and songs actually this whole project survived my interest in folk songs and i was like i need to explore this there's so much history and heritage and identity there so i'll probably be doing more of that exploration uh, soon but what did you feel sash um you know i i was exactly the same as you as well it was i remember especially my grandmother's house um the lady who used to help her used to pound the rice and these pestles and mortars they they're large contraptions they're not like the little ones we have here in our in our kitchen no. <laughs> and you have to um the actual um mortar bit is is tall it's taller than a person isn't it or maybe that's it because is. of a child it felt very tall it and is you hoist it over your head and then you pound it down and uh, they were so dexterous it was just a beautiful rhythmic dance almost watching them pound the rice um i never saw two women doing it together though which is what we've chosen to look at 
um, and that brought in a whole different um, um, all, all the all the things that women do when they're doing collective work um, like washing clothes or planting paddy but when they're pounding the rice they they seem to talk and sing to keep the rhythm going and from what I saw I looked at a few videos of modern uh, practices of women pounding they never clashed their their um <laughs> their, their <laughs> poles at all it was just amazing it was just so dexterous um so yes it, it was it was very interesting to to research this this aspect of female activity the the pounding i like you say it's a large uh pestle so it's quite tall and it's mostly made of iron so it's like a solid iron block mm. which the women had got into this art of you know if there are two or even more women um pounding at the same time the release of the pestle um or the is it is it the, the tall tall thing is the pestle or the motor it's a pestle right uh, uh, yeah i mean the release would be so synchronized that it actually wouldn't uh, it the pressure would not be on one person so the pressure will be equally distributed in a way that nobody feels the uh, you know feels the uh, weight of the weight of the thing in in their arms so they, they have I'm sure they had really strong muscular arms because of this constant exercise over a certain period in the harvest. But it's just, it's just an amazing experience to watch the whole process unfold rhythmically, you know. And, and as we have discovered, that being the right uh, kind of, um, the right kind of time in the day, talk about the errant husbands oh my god that that must have been such a glorious gossip session <laughs> yes. yeah. it seemed as if um talking about their troubles it was a it was a safe female space in which to talk about errant husbands yes. or money problems or children who are a disappointment um and basically set the world to right. And I mean, women have been doing this for thousands of years, really, whenever they get together to work in a collective space. And also the, this was um, always done at home. Although I did read about um, women setting up these pestles and mortars on roadsides and people bringing their, their grain for them to pound. But I suppose we were thinking of um, uh, settings uh, a domestic setting of of women pounding yeah. it together yeah. I, I can remember a lot of things being pound to powder because even dried turmeric and things like that would be pound uh, in the special mortar by the women so the cooking would finish in the morning and post lunch there would be a uh, assembly of women from the neighboring houses so it was always a collective social uh, piece of uh, activity work whatever it was work because every household needed this to happen they needed the turmeric powder and the rice powder and everything else so i think women took it in turns to help each other in their homes so everybody would sort of come 
in into one house do that for around two or three hours and then that day's work for the house would be done then the next house and you know all the village houses got this done at a certain point when the harvest was over and the rice was ready to be found but that but that's such an interesting social interaction where the women got together and quite strong women and judging by the like we said the size of the pestle and mortar they had to be pretty strong <laughs> to be able to effortlessly pound everything to pieces so yeah no interesting interesting um it'll be good to see if there are any parallels i i know there are parallels um in in africa because i've seen some african dance and songs with the pestle and the mortar and people in working but i i wonder there must be around the world there are in uh, burma nepal uh, myanmar even i should say now and nepal um there are also similar and mongolia i think so i think anywhere that's slightly agrarian and um um old traditional ways of cooking that still follow yeah. it's you know still a feature fantastic so i know i completely and thoroughly enjoyed the trip uh, down memory lane uh, mm-hmm. sitting in the sun as a child and just watching the women gossip and pound <laughs> what were they pounding <laughs> all that angst of course <laughs> it's it's funny because the pestle and mortar it's it's um it's in all the tales from uh sangam literature as well so I mean, we talked about this in the first podcast about these folk songs having such um a long tradition um almost unbroken for you know 2000 years but in many of the childhood tales that children are told um the pestle and mortar feature quite regularly so there was one story i read about um in fact i remember this from my own childhood where a husband would constantly bring guests home right. uh, for the wife to cook and and the wife would say look we don't really have enough food to go around for ourselves and you keep bringing people home and he said well i i just have to do it and he was such a gentleman so she decided to take matters into her own hand and when the next two guests arrived she said um she pulled out the pestle and mortar into the middle of the house in the middle of the room and and they said well, what are you doing that for and they said well my husband likes feeding the guests and then cutting their heads off and putting it in the <laughs> in the mortar for me to pound because he thinks that this is a god the pestle and mortar is a god and it demands a blood blood sacrifice and so um so whenever he does that this is what i have to do so i'm just getting it already so for once you've eaten that we can do this and uh these two men immediately went oh my goodness and so decide to run away and then the husband says um where where they gone and she said well i think they they wanted to borrow my my pestle so do you want to go and give it to them so the husband grabs the pestle and chases after them waving this pestle in the air <laughs> and these two men think oh my gosh he's after us with the pestle and so they they rush back and tell everybody never to go there again so the wife is very happy because she doesn't have to cook for these people again Um, fabulous story <laughs> <laughs> so, quite a lot and a lot of children's stories but 
I've actually referenced one of them uh, in the in the song that we're going to be yeah. performing in a bit. Uh, the yeah. figure of um, Corvalin, who was a very errant husband. Um, Indeed. <laughs> he, was, he was married to this apparently this wonderful woman called Kamnahi, and um, uh, he then decided to run after a temple dancer and abandoned his wife and um, became bankrupt. He was a wealthy merchant. He became bankrupt and then came back to his wife, begging forgiveness, and she took him back, uh, which is the story that's told every child. Every Tamil child knows about Carnegie and Corvalin. Yeah. And uh, the, she's come down through time as uh, the perfect example of a chaste woman who forgives the wrongdoings of her husband and her own chastity nullifies any of his sexual transgressions um but there is a second part to the Carnegie story which we were also told when we were children but it's not really dealt on in the sort of patriarchal society that Tamil society is which is when Kovalin's wrongfully accused of of theft and he's executed by the king of Madurai um, and Carnegie in revenge proves his innocence but then also destroys the city of mother in fire so yeah. her, her anger is so great her righteous anger that she destroys the city and mother you must remember was also the center for where all of this literature was being written it was the center of the court um where these epics were being produced at the time so the destruction of the city was like a major cataclysmic event um but nowadays I mean, Indian women are so hidebound by the figure of Carnegie. And you have poets like Kuti Revati and um, uh, Malati Maitri and Sukitharani, and they are writing, trying to break women away from having to be chaste and having to put up with the sexual transgressions of their husband. And they want to bring back Carnegie into this role of of a uh, avenger of a strong woman who cannot be crossed so her, her the figure of Carnegie is very interesting um, and we have the two women in our song you know talking about errant husbands and referencing their husband to being a bit of a Kovalin who's abandoned them and has gone off and I'm hoping that by the end of the song after they've done a bit of pounding that they might actually take the pestle to the men and say, look, actually don't do this, otherwise we will turn into the avengeful Kannagi as opposed to the the quiet, submissive Kannagi of legend. So, yeah. Totally, yeah. I mean, the story of Kannagi is so inspiring because, uh, like you say, the chastity resulted in Madurai being raised to the ground, burned to the ground um, because of uh, her anger and that sort of signifies um, I mean that story has uh, resonances even in today's world about how uh, you know uh, innocence has to be uh, the guilty has to be uh, actually proven to be so before you know sentencing so there is something about that whole irony of 
you know, not being uh, guilty and yet being held accountable for something. But Kannagi's anklet was the main feature in the story, isn't it? I don't know if you recall. I remember that uh, she actually broke her anklet to display the gold pearls inside, which... Yeah, it was the... uh, yeah, the Queen's, uh, her husband was accused of stealing the Queen's anklet. Yeah. So the epic's called Chilla Paticarum, which means anklet, um, ankle bracelet. And uh, Carnegie's uh, Covalin, during the early years of the marriage, bought her some anklets, w- which were filled with pearls. And then the Queen had a very similar anklet, which was stolen, but hers were filled with rubies. And so when they saw um, that Covalin had one of Carnegie's anklets that he'd taken to Madurai to sell, they accused him of stealing the Queen's anklet and, um, and then executed him without trial. And so she breaks the anklet to show that her anklet has pearls and not rubies like the Queen's and therefore proves his innocence. And the King is distraught and begs his forgiveness. And she does. She's happy to forgive Covalent, but not the King. And then she destroys the whole city. Yeah, well, Silapadikaram has been one of the most prolifically discussed and celebrated uh, pieces of literature from from those from the Tamil uh, sort of eclions, so to speak. So, yeah, no, that that has uh, that revisiting Silapadikaram was part of our whole uh, venture into sort of uh, dealing with the topic in a in a slightly more genial manner isn't it we you know the, the way you way you came up with the song and then you know the way we decided to actually use the song and uh, address this but I'll also do it in a I wouldn't say fun but I would say in a nice almost gentle manner yes One hand, then another. Dinkiri Dingale, Meenakshi Dinkiri Dingale. One woman, then another. Tangamitilale, Meenakshi Tangamitilale. Up and down, up and down, pounding the rice in the uro. Pounding the rice to a regular beat. Dingiri Dingale, Meenakshi Dingiri Dingale. My husband has become a covalent. Dingiri Dingale, Dingiri Dingale. Roams the town chasing women. Tangamitilale, Tangamitilale. Ayo, what are you to do? What can a woman do? What can a woman do? Stay at home, pound the rice, wait for him to finish his roaming. Tangamitilali, Tangamitilali, Meenakshi Tangamitilali. My husband has taken to drink. Dingiri Dingale, 
Morning and night his breath reeks of toddy. Ayo, what are you to do? What can a woman do? What can a woman do? Cook his food, bear his children, wash the floor once he beats me. My husband disappeared years ago. Left one day, didn't return from work. What are you to do? What can a woman do? What can a woman do? Stand on the street, holding his photo, wait for them to return him to me. Mm-hmm. 
that was that was a, a version of the rice pounding song and a little bit of the history and stories surrounding that that whole activity and the whole societal activity it's an important activity as well because of the uh, women didn't actually clean the rice and remove the husk then how would the rice be cooked and eaten so everybody in the community had a role to play and they played their roles um in a joyous way um in a way that uh, brought them together as well which which is admirable um but the other song that i actually remember from uh, the movies the hindi movies bollywood is um song that was written by the very famous lyricist gulzar and it's about three sisters who live in a village in himachal pradesh and they are pounding rice and the song has a beautiful rhythmic feel uh, with rhythmic words as well and here is how it goes aake chali bhake chali chorangi mein thake chali takti na dhinaka takam bhola आके चली बाके चली चौरंगी में धके चली हक्ति नदी नकथकम भोला सो दैट वाज अ लिटिल बिट अबाउट राइस पाउंडिंग एंड आई एक्चुअली मेड अप माय ओन रिदम फॉर दैट सॉन्ग बट दैट्स हाउ आई हर्ड इट होप यू एंजॉय द राइस पाउंडिंग एंड लुक इट अप एज़ वेल बिकॉज़ इट्स एन एक्टिविटी दैट्स Uh, seen and sung all over the um, eastern part of the world so hopefully you enjoyed this edition and you will join us for the next one where we talk about paddy planting um, and how the women um, planted the paddy in the fields while singing to themselves and i'll tell you a little story about paddy planting and what it did for my artistic, uh, artistic aspirations So till the next podcast thank you and hope you enjoyed this bye